Welcome to Diving Deep, a podcast production of Black Pearl Coaching. Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Sarah, and we are your hosts for the Diving Deep Podcasts. Today we're going to introduce you to our friend Nazreen Khan. Now, Nazreen and I met last year through a mentoring program. And over the course of this last year, I've had the opportunity to spend a significant amount of time with Nazreen, and she has a great story that we want to share with you today. Now, Nazreen is incredibly bright and really funny. She knows how to pick out a really good bottle of wine, and she loves the work that she's doing. And what I love is the surprise that unfolds where Nazreen really started out as a skeptic in some ways, thinking that uh, anything she was going to make happen in the world, she was going to do on her own, just out of sheer willpower. And she became, ultimately, a believer that the universe was really wanting to conspire with her. So how about you come along with us and dive deep into dreams with Nazreen Khan? So tell us a little bit about what it is you do. Yeah, so um, I uh, co-own a company called The Vault Beauty Lounge and Urban Retreat. We are um, uh, a sort of a spa. We do medical aesthetics. We do fun things like nails, um, lashes, tanning, makeup, therapeutic massage, cool sculpting, microneedling, skin, you name it. But um, I'm actually an esthetician, so I do primarily skin treatments. Mm-hmm. You guys have a rock star mission statement. Oh, sure. Tell us. So I really, I do pride myself on um, recruiting the best talent in the region, uh, developing that, developing them so that we can give unparalleled uh, customer care. Because really, at the end of the day, the clients that enter our facility, they're the ones that are keeping those four walls up, my mm-hmm. four walls at home up, food yeah. on our table, and we, we owe everything to them. It's beautiful. Yeah. Tell me about um, little Nazarene. Did she like? Was this the was this the dream when you were when you were young? Absolutely not. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> so, not even close. Thank you so much. That's a negatory ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, people would say to me, "When are you going to open up your own?" And I'd be like, "Are we on the same planet? Like, do you not know me? I like easy, breezy, smooth. I like low stress. I don't want to be." I don't like the most minor of inconveniences. I, and I actually said to people, over my dead body, will I ever own a business? Mm-hmm. But for me, it got to a point where I was really happy with some of the personal development in my life. And I thought, you know, hard things, doing hard things makes you better equipped to do hard things. Maybe it's time I stop listening to the negative voices and listening to the positive voices of other people. Other people obviously believe in me, so, and even though it sounds miserable, and some days it is miserable, maybe, maybe this is where I'm supposed to go in life. But no, I never, I said I would never do it. It sounds really hard. It sounds really inconvenient. I like my simple little life, Um, but that's not reality. You know, Mm -hmm. things are going to happen that um, sort of de- Simplify your life. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that's a word. Um, we just made it one.
now I need to know how you turn this thing from a dream into a reality. I just woke up one day and I just heard this loud thought that says, you're going to look for an apartment today. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. I don't know what I, I've never had, you know, a, a, um, a loud thought to that extent and, and didn't feel compelled, but I had a day off and I was like, well, shoot, it's a nice day. I'll go out and, and venture. And so I made a couple phone calls, toured a couple of buildings and, um, you know, was, I love downtown. It was a beautiful summer day, sun shining. And I happened to uh, walk into the Union Arcade. It had just finished being built into um, 68 apartments. And as soon as I walked in the building, I got this kind of like a chill. And the ground floor was still like rubble. It was not developed, but there was just something about the rich marble, all of the original things intact. And it just, I don't know, I was just a little bit enchanted by it. And so um, I took a tour of a few of the units. I you know, loved everything about them. And then all of a sudden I walked into one in particular and I got this full blown, like visceral from the stomach to the arms to the hair on the back of the neck to the ringing in the ears, this sensation that went through my entire body. And I just knew I had to, I had to blip in that, that specific unit. And so I saw a few more, but nothing had the same thing. So I actually went back a couple times to tour the apartment and I just said, you know, I don't care what it costs, I'll figure out a way to make it happen, I just want to live here. And so I ended up moving in a few weeks later. And at this time, um, I was working at El Rio a lot. Some days I had to be there at 5.45 in the morning until 8.30 at night, and I would get... Whoa! Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was crazy. I mean, it prepared me, you know, those right. hours prepared me. Isn't that funny? But it was just like, I did nothing but work, and... And having this new a home, like my first real kind of adult place to live, I remember getting up an hour earlier than typical. So I would get up at 3 in the morning, some days in the week, get my coffee, and I would walk the halls of the building and just admire the marble, admire the, like, copper doors. And I just kept hearing this loud, booming thought in my head that said, you're never going to leave this building. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. I just thought... Is he eventually going to, you know, condo these out? Will I be a homeowner? I, I had no idea what that meant, but I kept hearing it. I didn't get what that meant. And it wasn't two weeks later that we got some really devastating um, news at work where I was working, where we got like a huge 30% pay cut, and I just knew this is the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. And having been a part of companies closing and pay cuts before, I knew that I couldn't stomach the heartbreak yet again. So I just felt like this fire burn inside me. I was so compelled to get out before that, that goes under. Just don't, you know, I don't want to be like the string quartet on the Titanic. You know, mm. I want to be like off with women and children in first class. So, <laughs> yeah. I have standards. I have put standards. Me on, put me on the life raft. Put me on that life raft. I don't want to be like hanging onto a door, 20 degree water. And that's not for me. That's for Jack and Rose, not for this girl. Not that's for awesome. this girl. That was awesome. <laughs> and so I just was like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And um, I remember coming home every day, just so defeated, loving what I did, but loathing where I was doing it and for whom and the systems that were in place. I, I just, there was this really big disconnect. And so I remember always pulling up to downtown, seeing that big, beautiful Davenport downtown skyline and feeling sort of like at ease. 
and I'd walk in the building out of breath and I would get on the elevator and I would look over every time and I would see this dark dungeony gated off area that um, used to evidently be a bank vault but I thought well what's back there now mm-hmm. and I was just so again kind of enchanted by this space and I kept saying something had to do something with that you know it's too cool of a thing to go to waste and I had no idea that in a matter of you know five months I had get an opportunity that I, I simply couldn't refuse so tell me how um, how it went from intuition to actual real life thing well and again this is sort of how life seems to unfold in a way that I would qualify as almost poetic mm-hmm. where the turn of events are so perfect that you just they're, just, they're not coincidence so the building owner I had met a couple of years prior to golf tournament nice guy I told him I love your buildings this was long before Union Arcade was even a thing and a couple of months after that my um, now business partner Jennifer mm-hmm. who was a client at the time ended up working for him and I said oh I know that guy and and um, little by little, you know, and then of course I move into the building. So we always kind of had this connection, this client of mine who we were all business. We, you know, we weren't, she's not the kind of client that I would, we're not going to cry, you know, mm-hmm. while she's on the table and I'm working. It's not like that. I mean, it's a very, very much a business professional relationship, but um, she was the only client that I really confided in as far as the things that were going on at the spa that I was worried about. Mm-hmm. And Again, that fire, that that deep desire to get out and to survive this this mess. I happened to ask her about that space, and she said, "Well, you know, we've kind of been thinking about what we could do in the ground floor of that building." And I, that just like knowing that it didn't have a plan lit a fire under me. So I put together this kind of a verbal proposal, and I shared it with her. And each time she was in for her facials once a month, we would talk about it. But nothing ever went anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. it was super discouraging. And I, but I never, ever, ever let that idea go. I was just, I just hoped and prayed that something would come of it. Well, five months later, I get a message from her saying, hey, could you meet for lunch? So we meet for lunch, and she sits me down, and she said, well, he loves the idea. We think it's great. We think it could be really be something. Um, unfortunately, he's not going to do it. We're just way too busy. We have way too much going on, and this is just too small of a project, not really in our wheelhouse. And I just felt like I could have cried. And then she said, but I am thinking of flexing my entrepreneurial muscle. I remember it verbatim. She said, and I think it's, really great idea and I th- and I think that you're right that this other place is going to go under and there will be a need so I want to do it and I want you to partner with me 50-50 crazy nuts crazy yeah. so you go in one conversation from like um, the pit of sadness and despair to like the next sen- sentence mm-hmm. having everything that you had hoped would come true being proposed to you more than you know I always said I would never be a business owner over my dead body it's too much work blah 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 and it is it's too much work trust me but um I yeah it's like the universe or God or whatever you whatever force that works 
magically in this world. It's like that force knows more, knows better than you know. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. everything that I never knew mm-hmm. that I always wanted was mm-hmm. presented to me. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So what'd you do with that? Did you like, yay? Well, very typical me. I'm not like an impulsive, reactionary person. I, you know, kind of held my cards close to my vest. I said, I'm going to go home, think about it. I called my mom. We talked it over. I chewed on it. And then about 24 hours later, exactly on the dot, I reached back out to Jennifer and I said, we're in. Let's do this. And then we got to work. That's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so we didn't really ask you to talk about coaching, but you brought it up, so feel free to talk about coaching and its impact uh, on what's happened for you in the last year and a half. So there's a trend, right? Like things that make you feel really uncomfortable. Ooh, like ooh, you put them off, you put them off, you put them off, and then suddenly you're like, you know, I should maybe just jump off the dock and do the thing that feels really uncomfortable because I'll probably grow from it. So I had heard about an organization um, of mentors and mentees, and I thought that'd be great, but A, I can't be a mentor. I have nothing to offer at this time. And B, I can't be a mentee because I'm not willing to open up myself. I'm not willing to share what's going on in the business. It's like a vulnerability thing, right? Like I don't, I would feel so exposed, and I just want people to think that I'm strong all the time. But after months and months and months, same thing. I met this person. Oh, I just joined, yeah, lead her this organization, this nonprofit organization. And I thought, oh, I, I went to the opening of that. Sounds very cool. And maybe someday I'll do it. And I'm then my most sacred, special, favorite client, who it's like a spiritual relationship with, said that she joined. I thought, huh. And then a week later, <laughs> I was at this professional development forum, and I happened to meet a gal named Sarah Stevens. Perhaps you've heard of her. I don't know. <laughs> she sounds vaguely familiar to me. Perhaps. Perhaps. And I thought, you know what? That's about four times in the last four weeks that this has come up. And Pay I'm, attention. There you go. Right? Pay attention. Yeah. That's a sign. I'm not going to write that off as random chance. This is a sign go for it. So, you know, typical me, I have emailed my application and saying, I'm not here for the feel good factor. Like I'm here for like, (laughs) I can't remember. There was one line that you had in it that was so brilliant. I, I should pull it out and say, do you remember? No, I wish you would because I was probably like in a a state, like 30 seconds between a client, like in a frenzy, you know, it was something basically like that. Like, I don't really care about anybody making me feel good. Like I need somebody who can give me skills, tactics. Yeah. Done. Done. Like my time is limited. I need yes. to get the biggest output for a little amount of time. Like typical time me. to be messing around. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't need. Like I have a lot of friends. Like I don't need more friends. Like I'm not here for the friends. And I happened to be matched with somebody, and I had no idea who she was. But of course, typical me. I googled her and I Facebook stalked her and I made sure I knew what I was going into. Of course, like this need for clarity. Yeah. So. Um, and I did not know that. Oh. That they were stalking. It's like a first date. You gotta like Google your first date, right? I suppose that's true. Actually, that's why. (laughs) I think everyone should do that. I just didn't know that was part of our story. Productive paranoia. Okay. You know, there it is again. You know, making sure that you you got your bases covered if need be. Um, 
And so I had faith in the process. I, you know, got matched with this with a gal named Becky. And mm. <laughs> oh, imagine mm. that. These. <laughs> Weird how we all ended up around the microphone. It's nuts. And I literally thought there was an algorithm to the process. I'm like, it's such a perfect match that there must be an algorithm. Well, I went to this meeting with Becky, and I thought, you know what? I'm here for a purpose. You have to expose yourself. Check it at the door. She's here to help. She's in the organization for a reason, and you're here to gain what you can. And so I just put it all, all on the table. And I think that's like, I, I, I could talk for, we could do another podcast completely dedicated to how much Becky has helped me and helped our business but I will suffice it to say that she meeting her was a reminder that you know what it is really important to not be afraid to be the weak link in the room weak link right it's important to expose yourself and to be vulnerable and do the things that scare you because that's where the growth happens that's good nicely done yeah, I couldn't have taught that you. better myself. Well done, Beck. And, well, no, thank you. That's, mm, that's a big compliment. deal. Yeah, I'm, I I'll consistently just, just going to soak in that for a minute. No, you should. And I mean, again, like I said, I could I could talk about this alone for an hour, but um, everything in that business changed the day after our first meeting. Everything changed, and I was validated. I was given skills on how to communicate. I was told when I could have done things better it's it's, she's not here to like stroke my ego it's real it's raw and um, I just think that especially when you're a position of authority it's even more important to realize you don't have the answers and to Mm -hmm. ask other people because Mm -hmm. I yeah I mean our entire company the clients and the staff they have they have Becky to thank for the way it's changed in the last 10 months because it's a, it's a different business for good. And we talk a lot about the next oh. right thing. Yeah. That you never get the whole picture because we would we can't handle the whole picture, oh, right? Yeah. And so you get the next right thing, right? Yeah. And so this far into your story, what's the next right thing for you? Have you thought about that? Well, I think I've received the next right thing. Um, we're being a little, little retroactive, but a piece of me died when I opened the vault because my dream was always to partner with a physician and be able to do certain medical treatments that I, as an esthetician, cannot do without a medical license sure. backing me. And, you know, you, you put those needs on a shelf and you're just like, whatever. But this thing kept ringing in my head. Well, again. Hello, universe. universe. Yep. It's Take amazing, hand, isn't it? The next thing. Yep. I met a girl who said, you ought to bring on this treatment. I said, well, we can't because we don't have a medical license and we're not, we're, we're not a medical spa. And she said, oh, I guess you're right. Either way, she already had sent my email address to this rep. The rep reached out to me and said, no, 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 no. I'm not meeting, I'm not meeting, I'm not meeting. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> I... It's kind of like never, right? I'm never gonna? Over yes. my dead body. Over my, Over dead, my dead body, body. right? Yeah. 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 And I said, sounds great, sounds cool, sounds cool, but I'm not doing it. And then she was such a badger, I said, you know what, whatever. I'm just gonna meet her, I'll get a, I'll get a, like a dinner out of it, let's just go to dinner. Right. Like, meet, get a monkey off my back. I meet reps all the time. I'm usually like, well, that's 
an hour and a half, I'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> because it is. It's like they all, you know, everybody wants a piece of your, you piece of your time. Yep. I went to this dinner with this rep. And logistically, we, we talked about this device. We talked about the, the science behind it. We talked about financial structure and also how to attain this if you aren't currently a medical spa. It's actually quite simple. You don't have to have a doctor own. You just have to have a doctor that you hire, that you work with. Oh, it's an addition to your payroll, basically. Everything changed. I left that meeting wound. That was in September. By the way, the same month that I met Sarah about Lead Her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for I knew I, could, I knew I could not ask my partner for money. I could not ask her for any more. And so I sat on this, but I could not stop thinking about it. Every single day, I said, I will find a way to get this thing. I will find a way. And in February, the first manicure I've ever booked in my entire life, my partner happened to book one at the exact same time. That's not coincidence. Mm-hmm. We sat down for our side-by-side manicures, and we started chatting. And very organically, this topic came about, and I said, well... This is the direction I think we should go. And she said, I agree. How can we do that? I said, well, there is this device. And what do you, you know, long story, super long. She um, said, set up a meeting. Three weeks later, we met with a rep. A month later, we became a medical aesthetic facility with this device. Now sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Just got back from a training for the, the one thing I wanted to go medical for, the one thing. Now I'm doing it. So it's like, again, it is, you don't stuff those dreams. If they're really like in you, if they're a part of you, you keep them. You know your timing. Calculate your timing. You listen to the signs. And you by that, by being aware of the world around you and aware of yourself, you have all the I mean, you have the answers. You have the know-how. You know what to do. I know we couldn't have scripted that any better. No. <laughs> Seriously. You know, it was like we, you know, like we prepped you and we didn't. Yeah. In coaching, we talk all the time about how the client is naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. And the client has all the answers. They just, it's a matter of getting them out. Wow. Right? And, which is just what you talked about. It's true. It's already in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you want to share with people? People who are, so the, the folks that I think will listen to this podcast are people, um, who have toyed with at least the idea that uh, that life might be about more than um, head down, go to work, collect a paycheck, come home, head down. You know, I think that's probably going to be our natural audience. People who go, oh, maybe not this. I don't know what. Right. But, but maybe, maybe not right. this. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that that sort of like maybe not this could pertain to work pertain to a crappy marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could pertain to a crappy situation. I mean, it could yep. pertain to like a crappy living arrangement when you're 25 years old with a crappy roommate. I mean, it could be right. anything. It's true. But I think the take home is that, yeah, it's like, it's all within you. We all have to somehow muster up the strength to do it. But what can evoke that strength? What can evoke that dreaming? Right. And um, if you need a little help and you need a coach, you need a mentor, get one. It doesn't mean you're defeated or that you don't you're not strong enough. It it just means that you know what, this is a skill for the professionals. Get a coach. Honestly, get a get a get a mentor. I cannot be an advocate for that enough. Um, it's if there's something about your life that you're not happy with, 
change it. Change it. You know, genetics, we, if you're born with an ailment, you can't change that. But as far as I'm concerned, the vast majority of us are born on an even playing field. Mm-hmm. Even if we're not born on third base, I don't, it's not about money. It's, we are literally born with consciousness, a physical body, most of it, you know, most of us. We have to be good stewards of that. Pay attention to those visceral signs. Is something wrong? Are you unhappy? Are you miserable? Is there something else that you're designed for? Capitalize on your strengths. Do what you can to mitigate fears. And trade the crappy knowns for an unknown. Because it's better. Mm. Life always works out better than expected. Can't top that. No. Nazreen, thank you for your time. Thank you both. This has been a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. That's it for diving deep into dreams with Nazreen. If you have your own dream that you want to make real in the world and just don't know how to design it, then you should join us for Dream Design, a unique blend of personalized coaching combined with tactical how-to guidance aimed to give you everything you need to turn your dream into a reality. If that sounds like your very own personal invitation from the universe, then you should check it out at www.blackprocoaching.com. We'll see you right back here next week as we hear from more people who know what it means to stand on the edge of the dock and take the deep dive. Have a great week.